you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Good Morning Football. We're live here in New York City. It's Thursday, January 5th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. It's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Good morning, everybody. Honestly, it's been a hard week. It's been a long week. We've been talking and covering DeMar Hamlin and his current status in Cincinnati. We'll talk a little bit of football, too, as Week 18 kicks off on Saturday. And while we preview the final week of the regular season, we will continue to keep you updated on the health of Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin, of course. Cameron Wolf, we really want to thank him. He's been in mm-hmm. Cincinnati all week long so since down. Monday night. He's outside of University of Cincinnati Medical Center. He has been giving us the latest on DeMar Hamlin all week long. Cameron, good morning. I hope you're doing well. Please, once again, update us on what you know this morning. Yeah, Jamie, there haven't been a lot of updates on DeMar Hamlin over the last 18 hours. The latest we heard was from family spokesperson and family members that he was moving in a positive direction yesterday morning or midday. And we'll continue to track what's going on with DeMar Hamlin's health. We did hear from a hospital PR rep last night who just mentioned no new updates to provide at this time. And so he remains in critical condition and we'll provide any further updates when we have them. As far as the Cincinnati Bengals, they returned to work yesterday, and I was out there at the stadium seeing Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, a lot of their star players warm up and discuss how difficult it is to transition. But we'll discuss more of that later in the show. As of now, just wanted to give you guys the latest on DeMar Hamlin, and we'll give you more when we have it. We appreciate that, Cam. It's been difficult for all of us, fans, people that talk about the game all week long, but I can't imagine for players and coaches, we've heard from a lot of them as the events since Monday night have unfolded and we've learned more. And we really appreciate everyone's openness and honestness. And, Cam, we appreciate your coverage as well. So we'll talk to you in a little bit. Last night on a league conference call, NFL Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Sills and Jeff Miller, the Executive Vice President overseeing player health and safety for the league, both spoke about the immediate response following Hamlin's collapse on Monday night. I know there's been a lot of speculation about the cause of this situation. And and I don't really want to address that in too much detail today because I think there's still a lot of investigation that needs to happen to understand that. Uh, Many people have discussed this condition, commotio cordis, and it certainly is possible. But I think what more important is, regardless of the cause, the key in any type of sudden cardiac event is is the rapid response of trained personnel. And so I think the important lesson that we can all take away from this is really for every sport at every level, Um, preparation for a sudden cardiac event, making sure that people have training and basic life support, that AEDs are available. Um, That is a very, very key message and something we can all learn from. We're of immense gratitude for the trainers and the doctors. And I mentioned the airway management physicians and the EMTs for their care for DeMar during the course of what was, you know, an emergency on field. So uh, we'll continue to, of course, you know, work with him, the clubs, the medical staffs of both teams. Um, keep uh, DeMar foremost in our thinking as we make some uh, decisions going forward. 
We appreciated all those updates yesterday from Dr. Sills, from Jeff Miller, and of course the work from Cameron Wolf, who's been on the ground in Cincinnati. Let's head now to Orchard Park, New York, where our very own Mike Giardi has been with the Bills. Mike, obviously a difficult situation from the team side. Their teammate and brother, Damar Hamlin, still in Cincinnati recovering, and yet at the same time, they've got a game Sunday against the Patriots. Just take us there to Buffalo. What's the mood? What's the team's uh, place right now? And What's on the agenda today as we are now just 72 hours away from kickoff? Well, the word that has come up in talking to people inside the building is that it's very raw. The emotions, um, obviously, we know what they saw, what they experienced on Monday night in Cincinnati, and uh, that they're dealing with that and processing that, and we're what, 60 hours removed from that. So still a very difficult time for these guys to separate what happened there to their teammate and their brother, Damar Hamlin, and now being back in the building. It started yesterday with team meetings, individual meetings, practice, a walkthrough, basic. But again, now they're installing things for what they expect to be a 1 o'clock game here on Sunday at Highmark Stadium against the New England Patriots. And so there's that fine balance of being a professional and trying to focus on your job, but also their hearts and their minds are still with Damar and his family, and, and they're, they're waiting like all of us for every bit of news and, and hopefully positive news that comes out of there. So that's the balance that they've been walking. They're supposed to be back here again today, once again for a practice and meetings. Um, as of right now, there is no word on media availability, although there is an expectation that based on some things that happened yesterday that there will be. Uh, well, that would be Sean McDermott likely front and center, and then uh, a practice, which Again, as we're hearing, there might be some availability for us to watch some of practice and then some players at some point. But again, they haven't released anything. I think this is all hinging on what happens with DeMar. I don't think they're willing to just say we're going to do this if they don't feel good or comfortable enough with what's happening with DeMar in Cincinnati. Mike, thank you. That was important information. I think it's good to know what's happening, not only with Tamar Hamlin, but with the Bills, his teammates, and everything going on in Buffalo. We'll talk to you a little bit, Mike. There's a lot of information coming at you this morning. I realize that we're ping-ponging across the country and the network just to make sure that we're setting the table properly at the start of the show. So we want to make sure we're all in the same know. We all have the same information. And as we move forward here on Go Burning Football. So now we're going to welcome in Tom Pelissero, our NFL Network insider, Tom, a lot of discussion now surrounds where we stand at the moment in regards to the postponed and yet-to-be-scheduled resumption of that Bills-Bengals game from Monday Night Football. What is the latest with that scenario? Jamie, the NFL is exploring options for the postponed Bengals and Bills game in consultation with the impacted teams. Officially, the game remains suspended, and it is unclear when or if it will be resumed. NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations Troy Vincent said on a conference call yesterday that they would go forward with the guiding principles from the COVID years in 2020 and 2021 if this game does not end up being played. Well, there were no games lost during those COVID years, but if there had been, the NFL's plan was to seed teams based upon winning percentage. That is an indication that this game potentially could be nullified, in which case those two teams, the Bills and Bengals, 
would play one fewer game this season than the rest of the league. That would also mean the Bengals would win the AFC North, regardless of what happens in their game on Sunday against the Ravens. And also the Chiefs would lock in the number one seed in the AFC by beating the Raiders on Saturday. The Bengals and Ravens game is now officially scheduled. That will be a 1 p.m. kickoff on Sunday. There is no discussion about postponing the Bills game against the Patriots. That is also a 1 p.m. kickoff. All of week 18, under difficult circumstances, is on his schedule. Jamie? Absolutely, Tom. We didn't think we'd have to revert back to those rules from the COVID season, but here we are. It's good to have some sort of guideline as we move forward with this and look ahead to week 18 in the NFL regular season. Tom Pelissero, thank you. We'll talk to you in a little bit as well. It indeed was a frightening and unprecedented situation for all of those on the field on Monday night. Uh, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor and Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow spoke to the media yesterday about their experience and what they have been going through all week. During those moments, all everyone's hoping for is the best-case scenario with DeMar. No one's processing whether this game is going to be played or delayed. That, that's not going through anyone's mind. I, I've, seen the, I've seen the TV copies now, and everybody else was kind of forced to think that way because, because they're not down there in the moment. Um, so people get a chance to process what's going to happen. That, that never crossed any of our minds. It was just, how is this player going to be okay? And I won't disclose um, any of the private conversations Sean and I had except for this. When I got over there, uh, the first thing he said was, I need to be at the hospital tomorrow, and I shouldn't be coaching this game. Our captains came down the hallway at me, and um, they told me that they wanted to speak to their captains for the Bills. And, and at the moment, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure how to take that information. I wasn't sure what the right thing to do there was. Um, I told that to Sean. Sean went and got his captains. When you saw both those groups of players interacting, you immediately knew that was the right decision. At that point, there had been no decision made on the game, and we wanted to go over and let them know how we were feeling about playing. We didn't feel like it was, you know, we, we didn't want to go back out there, and um, that was the, 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 the decision that ended up being made. And, you know, I know they didn't want to go back out there either, so we just wanted to make sure that they knew that um, – we felt the same way that they did. That was important and really awesome stuff to hear mm-hmm. from those two guys. And frankly, kind of puts you at ease as to their thought processes Monday night, how they were feeling. Yeah. And honestly, their presence now in the league and in the media and hearing from them, I find really, really helpful. So what do we think about that? Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow both speaking yesterday as to from their seats, their vantage points, which unfortunately was front row on Monday night, um, what they went through. Yeah, it just speaks to their character and who they are as people. Obviously, we all were watching at home as that game unfolded. We saw the injury to DeMar Hamlin, and they weren't concerned about playing that game, and we all expected that. But to hear just the way they talk about each other and in sports, we're built up to go out and compete against our opponents, and we build them up to be someone we don't like on game day. And in an uh, instance, when something like that happens, when adversity hits, everybody comes together. It doesn't matter which side of the field you're on, what logo's on the front of your jersey or your sweatshirt or your T-shirt. You come together and you try to do what's best in the best interest of everybody involved. And that's what we saw Monday night. And to hear Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor talk about their experience and how it all went down is so crucial because so many people watched on and questioned different things. So to hear it directly from them uh, was nice and is what we kind of expected uh, with everything that they've shown us. 
I think it was really cool that the Bengals captains took the initiative to go and seek out the Bills captains and say, this is how we're feeling. Don't be under any pressure to play this game or anything. We're with you. I also think the McDermott part of it is is fantastic in um, what Zach Taylor shared. I think if there is a crisis that happens or a tragedy, like there has to be someone who sets the tone. There has to be someone who has a plan who says, this is what we're doing. This is our plan. And McDermott had immediate clarity. He walks over and he says, I, I should not be here coaching this game. It wasn't like... So what should we do about the game? I, what should we do here? It was immediate. And, you know, we're not coaches watching at home. You're likely not a coach. As a parent sometimes, if there's something that happens, if you're at a park or you're on a trip and, <sighs> like, a child gets hurt, or the, and, and it's, you just have to say, take him to the hospital. I'm going to take the other kid. You just have to go. You can't mm-hmm. wait. And it's very difficult to do that. And I think the McDermott thing is interesting because we know him really well, and he comes on the show all the time. And he is who he is. He is not uh, Mike McDaniel, who we also love. There's no funny little dry quotes. He's not a Rex Ryan type. Like, he is put on this planet to lead adults onto the football field. And in this case, to lead them off the football field. So I'm so impressed with his poise and his certainty when everything is going out of control. It was yeah. very, very cool. I, I'm with you on that. And I think there's something interesting to take from this. You know, we live in this, uh, in this knee-jerk reaction world and also in a Twitter world where if Zach Taylor goes for it on fourth and one and does a handoff to Trent Taylor instead of giving the ball to Joe Mixon or Samaje Piran, the immediate thing is to say, fire Zach Taylor. Or if Sean McDermott uh, doesn't squib kick with 13 seconds yeah. left to go in the AC, fire Sean McDermott. <laughs> we don't see what goes on behind the curtain. We also don't know that the lot of this stuff with the head coaches is emotional IQ and leadership and how do you represent our city? How do you represent our franchise? What are you like as a man? Who are you when the, when the going gets really rough and how are you going to lead? Leadership qualities aren't just play calls and clock management and how you manage your timeouts in a big spot. I thought this was a really good window into how Two men rose to the occasion and served as leaders of mm. other men, and they actually had the right instincts and then followed through, despite what ha- had to have been uh, incredu- incredibly arduous circumstances. Mm. Yeah, I think their leadership from top to bottom has been unbelievable since what we saw on Monday night and then what we've been hearing over the last 24 hours. I, I just commend those two gentlemen so much for coming out and speaking, and I, I can't say it enough how comforting it is to see them speak on this. Mm-hmm. I think it helps people process what we've all been kind of in a hamster wheel in our heads about, you know, how is DeMar? What is going on with football? Do I think about football? Can I talk about football? How is DeMar? And it just keeps going around and mm-hmm. around. To hear them kind of break that cycle and put some of from Monday night in reality for us and how it went down for them, because I think for a lot of us that what we saw keeps playing in our heads. It was really helpful for me to hear those words, understand what they were going through and the handling of it. I just am honestly, I'm very proud of them Mm. because those two guys, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, they're young in the league in their respective jobs. And to do this, to have done what they did on Monday night the right way, we have yet to hear from the Bills, and I know what we're going to hear from the Bills. It's going to be, and it's going to be when they're ready, no matter what it is. Um, but I just want to thank them so much because it's incredibly comforting, and um, I think it helps a lot of people, and it just continues this narrative of, like, talk about it, just keep talking about it, process it the way you need it. But I just want to thank them a lot for coming out and just being honest and telling us what went down. It's really yeah. helpful. Yeah. Um, we're going to continue to talk about football, talk about tomorrow. We're going to keep you updated throughout the morning on, of course, Tamar Hamlin's health here on Good Morning Football. Our reporters are on site to give us the information that we need and Week 18, looking ahead to that.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. <laughs> There's a spot remaining in the NFC, and one of these three teams will be dancing in the playoffs. Here's how it goes. The right. early window is a Seattle Seahawks-Rams game. The Seahawks, if you look from bottom to top, if they win versus the Rams and the Packers lose to the Lions, Seahawks are in, all right? And the Packers, if they beat the Lions straight up, they're in. The Lions, they're the team in the middle there. They need the most things to happen here. They need to win at the Packers, and they also need the Seahawks to lose earlier in the day. But I'll tell you what, that Rams-Seahawks game, it's not as clean and simple as a good team versus a bad team because right. there's an individual named Bobby Wagner involved. And Bobby Wagner spent his first 10 seasons in Seattle. He was unceremoniously released by the Seahawks. He was none too pleased. He signed with the Rams, a division rival. One of the reasons was so that he could play against the Seahawks. Is there a bigger game than this? Bobby Wagner returns to Lumen Field in Seattle on Sunday with all the marbles on the line for the Seahawks. Here's what he had to say about facing his former team. It's a lot of emotions, man, to be honest. But like I said, last time I played him, I'm a master of, of my emotions. And, um, you know, but it's going into a stadium I've been well, thousands of times, like played hundreds of times. And, um, you know, to be in a position to spoil their playoff hopes is always a good position, something worth playing for. And, you know, it'd be fun to go back there, be be back in front of those fans that have spent so much time. Um, and it should be a fun game. Yeah, it's something we call we in or we out. Guys, I will tell you this, sources, non-sources – Bobby Wagner did not like how things ended in mm. Seattle. Bobby Wagner would love nothing more than to beat the Seahawks and knock them out of playoff contention. Guys, Seahawks clinch a playoff berth, as I said, with a win against the Rams, but then also a Lions win over the Packers. Here's the statement. Tell me if you're in or you're out. Bobby Wagner's mm. going to flip the table, and the Rams are going to keep the Seahawks from making the playoffs this weekend. We in or we out. Kyle, we'll start with you. How about Bobby Wagner? He comes over and he goes, we're going to run it back, right? We're going to have tequila on the parade. We're going to win the Super Bowls. <laughs> I want to do it. 5-11. What a disaster. <laughs> and yet in the meantime, I feel like he's one of the last guys standing. Do you yep. know if he's going to break the single-season tackles record for the Rams this weekend? It's pretty awesome. James Laurinaitis, respect you. You had it prior. Uh, I, I'm very confident that Bobby Wagner is going to show up and play. I think this game is going to be one with Baker Mayfield and the folks around him. You know, McVay was talking this week. Uh, he was talking yesterday. Called this season a challenging and humbling professional failure. And you don't hear those words come out of McVay's no. mouth. Um, so where I'm going with this is I don't think the season's over. I don't think Mouvet's checked out. Um, I think the Rams are going to win the game. Yeah. I do. I actually think they're going to win Seattle. it. In Seattle. I do. Um, in Seattle, you're probably furious about that. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I want to see a true win and in for the Lions and the Packers. And maybe that should have been you playing it. But I, I want to set that up. And I think Wagner's going to have 16 tackles. <laughs> you guys see these um, viral videos. I know you and I said them to each other a lot. We're like uh, this, this couple on TikTok. And their like, wife's like cleaning up the kitchen. And this guy like pops out and they're going, and he like, shoots off the confetti. Oh, yeah, like sure. She's like freshly <laughs> cleaned up her house. That's and then funny. Sometimes he shoots the balloon and shaving cream Good. comes down. Yeah. It's like... 
That's what I feel like Bobby Wagner is going to do. Like, the Seahawks are just like, we're good. We're mopping things up. We're going to decide our own. And just, I I want that to happen. Are you going in, too? No, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go. Seahawks are going to win. I think the Seahawks are going to win. Sensible. I think the 12, I think it's going to be cute. It's going to be close. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to want to watch. But I think Pete Carroll is a savvy vet. He hears that. After what he heard about what was said about him and trading yeah. Russell Wilson away, I think he flips the switch here. But I do kind of want to see the confetti into the kitchen. Okay. Uh, I love Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it was very animated. I'm right with you on Bobby Wagner. Like I, The last time they played, he went out there. He balled. He played his butt off. Now this one is back in Seattle. He played there for so long. He walks in the stadium. He has no idea where the visitor's locker room is. It's a crazy feeling walking in and not going your usual route when you're going back to a stadium. You've played mm. so many games you back to Tennessee like that? Went back to Tennessee and it was just like, no, you got to go left now. You can no longer go straight. Like, you're over there. It's going to be a cool experience for him going back. But I am so out on this for the Rams. Out. Yes, out, out. Bobby Wagner all in on him performing. Out on the Rams winning. It's last day of school. You're showing up. Summer (laughs) vacation is right around the corner. Video games all day. Roblox. All of these different things. Family has a Disney vacation book. You're thinking all ahead. You're going to go out there. You're going to play hard. Jalen Ramsey's going to play hard. Bobby Wagner's going to play hard. But Seattle has so much to play for. And I think they're going to be locked in, ready to go. Peter, you mentioned the fans might be pissed about the schedule. Yeah. Okay. they got to show up for the 12s. Yeah. They're yeah. going to go ready. I went big on how Jacksonville fans can be upset about how the schedule worked out, that they weren't even given a Sunday night game and that Tennessee's got a longer break. Seattle fans came at me heavy yesterday on Twitter. We're like, well, what about us? Why do the Packers get the benefit to sit back and watch what we do? Why are the Packers, who were above in the standings, why are they able to kick back and see, oh, okay, all right, now we just got to beat Detroit, or we don't, or Detroit's going to lay down, so we're good. Like they already, Seattle fans yeah. want this. I, mm. I think it's going to be interesting. Bobby Wagner is going to come there with a head of steam. Jalen Ramsey, as you said, has been playing very well this season, despite all of the injuries that they've had. I just don't think they've got enough guys. I think that the Seahawks are playing for everything, and I can't imagine them taking their eye off the ball. Mm. I've got Seattle winning. And I think the Packers then just have to win out and beat the Lions. Did you get tweets from Jerry Cantrell and Macklemore? Yeah, all the Seattle fans. Oh, they're all in? They were all, all over. Sir Mix-a-Lot? Sir right. Mix-a-Lot. Oh, Where's Pat? That's great. Gary, yeah. Gary Payton Pratt. and Detlef Shrimp. Both Detlef Shrimp? Detlef Shrimp? Oh, my gosh. Um, let's go to the AFC West now, all right? Because we went through a week of the, the Derek Carr conversation. You probably saw David Carr Monday yeah. before the Monday night game, very visibly upset on the network. Devontae Adams was finally in front of a camera after Jared Stidham's performance and was asked if he would come back to be a Raider, even though Derek Carr is likely not. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I, I came here, you know, I wouldn't have been here or ended up here um, originally probably, you know, if Derek wasn't here. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I won't be here, you know, in, in the event that he's not here. Um, he's my, that's, that's my boy. Obviously, I got his back through anything. I think I've made that more than clear at this point, and, and I support him and support everything that he has, um, you know, moving forward as well. But, um, you know, my, my dream was to play for this team before he was a Raider, obviously. And at this point, I want to, you know, obviously try to make this thing work and, and, and continue on doing what I'm doing here and, um, you know, myself get better and obviously see the team grow and get better as well. Good stuff from Devontae Adams. He was very vocal on Instagram uh, about how upset he was to see Derek Carby be replaced and then went out there and absolutely had an awesome game with Jared Sidham throwing him the rock. But let's go back to our guy, Derek Carr. For nine years, we watched him. For six years on this show, we talked about him. 
Um, his future's interesting here because the, the contract as of right now is he's guaranteed $40 million from the Raiders if mm-hmm. he's still on the roster three days after the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, meaning they're most likely going to try to trade him. He has a no-trade clause, so he can approve which team he goes to, or they're just going to cut him outright. Mm-hmm. Here's my statement. With all these quarterback issues around the league, and we have seen more starting quarterbacks this season take snaps than any season in NFL history before, Derek Carr is worth a first-round pick this offseason. Mm. Are we in or are we out? Jamie, we'll start with you. I'm out. You're out. I'm out okay. on the five-year value that you get from a rookie pick, from a first-round pick. You could get the highest of talents at very little cost to you. Daniel Jones playing on his fifth year because mm-hmm. the Giants, and look at what they're getting from him. Mm-hmm. You're going to trade that in for, and I, I don't even know if we're cap hit, $34 million mm-hmm. in 2023, if I read that right. that That's what you're going to give up a first-round pick for? I, I'm out on that mm-hmm. because you don't even know if he's going to be your starter. He wasn't in Las Vegas. I mean, you, you're going to bring him in. And we saw it happen with Russell Wilson this season. I, I, you give a guy money. And it still doesn't pan out. Sure. You wait 9, 10, 11, 12 weeks into the season. Now, there are a lot of factors at play. But the straight-up value mm. in a first-round pick and the next five years, I cannot imagine giving that up from a dollar standpoint. I went back and forth on this. and It's uh, hard with him, isn't it? it, it it's, it's an so interesting hard. decision. It's, so hard. it's also his career in a microscope. His whole legacy is complicated. It really is. Yeah, There's a lot to like. He's been really good, but when you look at the team success, what you can't put all on him, it hasn't been there. But I am in for the right team. And for me, I'm going the New York Jets. Like, Jamie, you mentioned draft picks. You look at some of the quarterbacks the Jets have drafted as of late. Zach Wilson isn't panning out, but then you had Sam Darnold, you had Geno Smith, you had Mark Sanchez. The draft doesn't guarantee that you have your guy for the next five years. And then even on top of that, like a guy like Daniel Jones or just a rookie quarterback in general coming into their own the New York Jets are ready to win right now. Like We watched an elite defense play without much of an offense all season long. We're seeing Garrett Wilson go off, Elijah Moore going mm. off, with Mike White throwing them passes. Brees Hall will be back next year. We mm. saw the type of rookie season he's had. Michael Carter's in the backfield, and then injuries happen, and a guy like Zonovan Knight shows up, and it's just like, my goodness, Damn. he's talented as well. So for me, you're the New York Jets, and you have a team that is ready to win right now, then one first-round draft pick, I'm willing to go in and go get Derek Carr. Mm. Tough. So I, I'm kind of doing the window shopping thing, yeah, like who's where. doing it. Yeah. So if you look at a team that will have a first-round pick and maybe be looking for quarterback, mm-hmm. it's pretty tight. And then I thought it was interesting what David Carr was talking about was that he would waive the no-trade clause, but that he wants to go somewhere where there's a, a solid stability. base stability between the ownership and the head, head coach. coach. So let me just throw some. Washington, I don't know. Houston, I don't know. Um, even if the Colts were to make a move. I don't know. Like that, those are all coach. crazy situations. I throw that word around with uh, either unclear ownership moving or an unclear head coach. Like I don't see a real landing yeah. spot for him to, to be like, yeah, I'll wave. The, I'll go be the Houston Texans quarterback. I don't know who my head coach is going to be. I don't know who the ownership is going to be in Washington. I don't see a real landing spot, so I'm going to say no. You know, it's interesting. The, the spot that it comes to mind for me is Tampa Bay. Brady it's leaves. like if Brady, 
But we won't know if Brady, like, unless Brady's right. like, I'm definitely, definitely going to be three days after the It's Super not going to be three days. He's going to take his time. And even if he retires in January after what we went through last year, mm-hmm. I don't think Tampa's going to rush to trade for a $40 million quarterback while Brady still is withering in the wind. Uh, Jets make a lot of sense. The Jets reminds me a little bit of when the Rams went and got Stafford and that Stafford had this great statistical career mm-hmm. and yet hadn't had the guys around him necessarily to lift up. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr had everyone around him. Mm. That was a really good team this year offensively. Mm -hmm. Is he going to be better with the Jets Mm -hmm. than he was with what he had around him in in Vegas? I think it's interesting. Everyone just assumes Derek Carr is going to fetch a first-round pick. We'll see. I don't think the season did very good for Derek Carr. Mm. Here's what the question implies, is that um, a first-round pick, you're assuming that the team was going to use it on a quarterback. And Mm. it's like... Maybe that team that has that first-round pick that's maybe – use it on somebody else, especially yeah. if it's like the Texans. Like, go out and get a Will mm-hmm. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Out of, like, your defense could change at the name of somebody like that. Whereas, is your offense really going to fully change if you bring in a Derek Carr? Some teams that have a first-round pick mm-hmm. have so many other issues yeah. besides just that. Mm-hmm. The tough thing is, like, you look at the Texans, and I'm watching their game last weekend – Davis Mills is in one possession. Yeah. Driscoll's in the next possession. It's like, <laughs> you're not going to win football games at a quarterback. Do you think there's a chance that Carr remains on the Raiders? No. No chance. Mm. No. Why do you ask that? You think just for the standpoint of his three days after the Super Bowl, do you just release him? We looked at Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. where his contract was restructured late, Similar. late, and then he was moved at a different point for a Carr situation. I think Carr's too prideful to renegotiate mm-hmm. his contract, and I can't see any situation where I, with the money he's they making. Mm. The way they did they benched him for Jets. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Gotta make yeah. a decision. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know what you need to do? You need to draft a quarterback in the seventh round with the final pick like the 49ers did. Guys, what are the expectations for Brock Purdy? Mm-hmm. Nice. Brock Purdy, my man. First playoff appearance. It's coming up. Brock, it's a couple of weeks away. We'll have more on Brock Purdy, the Niners, the NFC playoffs right after this. Good we in, we out, period. Spirited. Sounds good. Spirited. Spirited. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know, you look at the the last two years of my film um, in college and everything like that. There's there's some parts in my game where, yeah, like I had to work and improve on. And so um, I'm honest and open about that with myself. Um, but there's always been this part of me like, man, when I'm playing my best football, like, I know I can play at the next level and, and you know, take a team down the field and, and be the guy on the team to, to help us win and put points up on the board. So I've always believed in myself. Um, but there, there were areas in my game that I had to clean up and that's, you know, something that I'm not, you know, secret about or anything. Like I'm open about it and real with myself. All right. So that was Brock Purdy earlier this week, talking about being drafted in the seventh round, the final pick, but always believing in himself, making changes when he thought they needed to improving to the point where here we are with Brock Purdy this season, he's become just the fourth rookie quarterback since 1950 to win his first four starts. The last time that happened was when Ben Roethlisberger did it nearly 20 years ago, and he won his first 13. Four, 13. Like, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool that that's – I mean, he's got a couple more to go, but that's yeah. a cool list to be on. Yeah. 
What do we make of Brock Purdy and what he's been able to do, what he could potentially do the rest of the season with a pretty good team? Roethlisberger's team was awesome that year. He came in for Tommy Maddox. He won those first games. They are steamrolling through the playoffs, and then a guy named Brady met him there. Mm. <laughs> All this stuff with Purdy is cool. I, I think January football is a different deal. And, you know, they'll beat the Cardinals this weekend, and they might be the one seed. The Eagles could lose. They'll, but they'll be a home playoff team for the wild card round, the divisional round. And then the NFC Championship game, they either have to go on the road or they'll be at home versus a good team. And then they'll play in a Super Bowl against Mahomes, Allen, mm. Burrow. You name it. It could be anybody. Uh, Herbert. I think, Herbert. I think Brady and Rodgers looming is scary if you're a Niners fan. And I know you guys own the Packers over the years, but just the experience level and the disparity. And I know people at home say, well, quarterbacks don't play quarter." It does matter in those big moments. Mm-hmm. I. All this is a great story. Can Brock Purdy finish the job? That's the only question left because already he has proven that he can be an NFL starting quarterback and he's been fantastic mm-hmm. for the 49ers. It's incredible we're having this conversation on this date because you got to remember, so December 4th, um, the Niners beat the Dolphins and Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. Mm-hmm. And all the talk out of that game was, wow, I can't believe the Dolphins lost. They've had this incredible winning streak. They're the story of the league. Now look what's happened to them. But also that day for us was like, Oh, man, these 49ers are just snake bitten. They can't get a break. And personally, I remember being like, well, this is a huge piece of good news for the Vikings and for the Eagles. And all these teams are going to steamroll over whoever the Niners have out there that day, even if it's Brock Purdy. Or I spent the entire week after the injury calling him Bryce Petty. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome that we're still here. And we keep waiting for that. Nice run, kid. All these th- these cliches you hear about once they get tape on you and once they study up on you. We're past that. They've been watching this guy for five weeks. And he's still looks the part. He still looks completely poised. I'm just waiting for that moment when he looks rattled. We've talked about this when the defense doesn't have it that day, when Kittle can't bail him out. And that Brock Purdy moment, it, it's I'm still not afraid. I, I'm, I'm surprising even myself because I thought, nice cool story, Mr. Relevant, ha ha ha. He looks really good. I, I still don't see with the Jalen Hurts mystery right now, who's the team that you point to in the NFC that like, oh, they can take the 49ers. I don't see one. I really don't. Yeah, we keep talking about the NFC is wide open. There's no reason to believe San Francisco's not going to be in that. And for me, I'm, I just you get so excited watching Brock Purdy, a late-round draft pick. You come in hungry. He said it. Like, I was drafted late, and I didn't sulk about it and worry about why I wasn't drafted. I went back and watched my films. All right, what can I improve on? Because if I'm a late-rounder, I'm not really in the NFL. I have to go out there in training camp and make the team. Mm. Different from a first-rounder. You get drafted in the first round. We have Ryan Leaf in here telling his draft story where the Spano's family flew him on their private mm-hmm. plane to Vegas, mm-hmm. then to San Diego. You don't get that as a seventh-round draft pick. It's just like, all right, we're going to book your plane. You're probably back there and coach. You show up for the rookie minicamp. You have to go out and earn every single thing that you have, and Brock Purdy has done that this year. We watched him versus the Raiders where San Francisco didn't have a great day on defense, yeah. and he went toe-to-toe. He came back. He answered the call. So I'm excited as hell to watch Brock Purdy in the playoffs to see and continue to see who it's going to be. The biggest difference when you go from a college player to now NFL player, one of the biggest things is just confidence. Believing that you can go out there and execute and get the job done, and so far he continues to show Do you see it as that wild card round could be Packers, Niners? Do you see it as Purdy Rodgers, or as a player you don't even look at it as a quarterback matchup? No, not a quarterback matchup. I'm I'm so much in on quarterbacks don't play against each other. It's a cool story. We talk about it all the way leading up. For years we've talked about Brady and the age difference. 
All that matters is now San Francisco's defense is getting ready for Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers and Green Bay's defense mm-hmm. is getting ready for Brock Purdy. So I, I don't really see it's, – it's, from a media standpoint, it's a lot of fun, and it's a build-up from a player standpoint. Four like, MVPs versus Mr. Irrelevant, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's mm-hmm. a fun storyline. Mm-hmm. But the No players, doubt about it. It ain't about like, that. Yeah. Like, it's experience. We're in the game now. Mm-hmm. Whether you're experienced or not, how are you performing on this Saturday or Sunday? I'm a big fan of anonymity, which mm. I know this is a weird thing to say about one of the 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, but I kind of love that this is the first Brock Purdy sound we have used since he started in a month. <laughs> He's just, and this is the this is a compliment. He's just there, and I like it. it. And what we just heard from him is exactly that: is he went about his business as a as a late draft pick, and he worked, and he got better, and he didn't use it as a Woe is me. I can't believe they let me slide all this way. No, he got better behind really good quarterbacks on a really good team. And now he's here, and he's not talking about it. The young man has posted three Instagram pictures since last January. Since last January when he decided, I'm going to declare for the NFL draft. I'm going to get drafted. And they were only from recent history. I think one was from training camp and two have been since he has started. He's just working. He's not talking about it. His teammate, and this might be a nature of the market that he's in, but I love that we don't hear from him. Mm. I just, I love it. His coach speaks. His defense speaks for itself. The veteran players, George Kittle's out there, fine. Mm. Brock Purdy, keep winning and just let your January speak for itself. Mm-hmm. We need more that. Purdy. Purdy, go get them marketing dollars, Purdy. You're balling. That's right. You're on Instagram. Kid. No, get marketing no. Dollars, we, man. Win first. We'll win first. That money and then the there. money will yeah. go Arizona up. Arizona kid. Yeah. Now he's California yeah. kid. So yeah. he's got that whole market. Arizona Super Bowl. That's him. Stay away from the crypto. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.